Okay, we took a week off, but now we're back. Welcome to the Cold Beer and Cool Movie Podcast. My name is Dustin. And I'm Lakeisha. And this week, we're back in a movie theater. Feels like it's been a while as we went to the newest Marvel movie. Thor Ragnarok. It's pretty great. It is really good. Really good. Now, first of all, apologies uh, if you're hearing something in the background. Our neighbor fired up a leaf blower seemingly half an hour ago and is still going strong. And it's just, we got a time issue. This is the only time you can really record in the next couple of days. So if it's really strong in the background, we apologize. But it is what it is, which is a cliche I hate. (laughs) All right. Well, normally we start off by talking about a couple of beers as we're drinking them to talk about the podcast but we got a basketball game to get to pretty soon so we're not actually going to drink a beer right now yeah we'll talk about some of our uh, favorites um i think both of the well one of these is one of my favorites for sure uh-huh. and i think the other one is going to be a new favorite um because this week we went to the mug club member night mm-hmm. at fathead brewery yeah. Uh, of which you are a Mug Club member. It's one of my favorite places. It is. It is pretty great. Um, yeah. I hadn't realized that Fathead was really in um, across the country. It yeah. just was new to Portland. So yeah. they just celebrated their three-year anniversary um, here in, in Portland. Portland. Yeah. yeah. So that was exciting. Yeah, there's one in Pittsburgh. And I forget, there's not a ton of them around. There's like half a dozen, I want to say, across the country. But yeah, this one in Portland we discovered a couple years ago, and just every beer we tried was like, wow, it's all really good. And the food is really good. Yes. If you find yourself in the Pearl District in Portland and you see Fathead Brewing, I highly suggest giving it a try. Yes, and, and get the wings. The they wings are, are really good. Fantastic. And But uh, in addition, at the, at the Mug Club member party, it was also they're doing a special on what they call crowlers, which is where they pour some tap beer into a big can and seal it so it's like a big pop-top can. And we came home with a couple, and while we're not going to be drinking them right now, we'll real quickly talk about what we brought home. Yeah. So um, I brought home the Rocket Man Red. This is a one of their staples, so yeah. it's always on tap at Fathead. I really think they need to bottle this because it is really good. Um, I like a nice, I, a hoppy beer. If anybody has listened to any of these podcasts, you know that I almost always go with a nice IPA, the hoppier, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like the rocket man red cause it's got a very full bodied flavor. It's, um, not quite as bitter sometimes as an IPA. It doesn't quite have that bitterness right. aftertaste. Um, but it still has that nice hoppy, you know, flavor which i really really like so um if again i highly recommend it it's one of their staples and yeah it's really good and i have uh, a big can of what they it's and this is an ipa which is what we talk about a lot and it was called the big hoppa h-o-p-p-a it's not a staple although you do find it on tap there fairly often its name kind of belies what it actually is if you're worried about this being some people if you don't like kind of an overhopped big bitter beer this is not that but no. this does use mosaic hops which is we've talked about before is a favorite so it of tastes both of ours. Yeah. really good it's only 6.5 percent alcohol by volume which isn't huge for an ipa so it is uh, so it's right kind of down the middle but it's the the hops that they use it really gives it the bite that i really like out of an ipa it's mm-hmm. really great i'm sorry feel bad i'm not having it right now 
Oh yeah. (laughs) Again, a little early in the day. Um, so yeah. All right. So now we are going to talk about Thor, the movie. Uh, we went and saw it yesterday. We had kind of a busy schedule this weekend. So, um, we snuck it in in between commitments. Uh, and it was thoroughly enjoyable. So I am really excited. I want us to go see it again in the mm-hmm. theater soon uh, because I know I laughed so hard that I know I missed follow-up jokes because I was still laughing at what had just happened. Yeah, I'm sure that happened. So this is my first exposure to this director, mm-hmm. um, Taika Waititi. Waititi, yeah. Um, and he is hilarious. So I look forward to seeing more by him. Um, And he is a relatively new director in terms of uh, number of films he has under his belt. And I suppose I shouldn't be surprised because really um, Kevin Feige has definitely, uh, that has been something that he's done quite a bit where he kind of picks uh, these maybe untapped geniuses sometimes or uh, less well-known movie directors to direct his Marvel Universe uh, films, and you get some of the biggest gems out of those. Yeah, Marvel's been... They don't really go for the big-name directors. I mean, Joss Whedon is now a big name, but when they got him to direct the first Avengers movie, he had only made one movie prior to that. Right. You know? That he had directed. That he had directed. And so, and yeah, the Russo brothers, who have done, you know, the the last couple of Captain Americas and are doing Infinity War... You know, they had only done TV before any of that. Right. So it's really interesting the way Marvel goes and that they picked this guy. It was a stroke of genius because the first two Thor movies weren't my favorites. I find them fairly mediocre. But this, all right, there might be some swearing in this podcast because the only way to describe this movie to me is it's batshit crazy. Yes. And I mean that in the best way possible. Yes. Um, so we saw when we went and saw guardians of the galaxy 2 mm-hmm. volume 2 volume 2 um you know and it had this like fantastic i mean it still had this fantastic like 70s 80s feel mm-hmm. you know um and in many ways as we'll get to uh you get this 80s kind of retro uh, feel from you know especially the time when we get to spend with uh on sakar with the Grandmaster, mm-hmm. uh, played by the brilliant Jeff Goldblum. And so, um, and it's kind of that kind of feel a little bit of kind of wacky and, you know, bright colors and a little crazy, uh, but still, but not like bad, not che- not too cheesy, I guess I should say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, from the first like poster to the first trailers, everything looked like it could have been from a back of the bin 80s sci-fi movie or some really obscure 80s metal album cover. Yep. You know, and it, it and you see a lot of that still throughout the movie and it's I don't, I have really liked all of that. Yeah, the imagery in this um is done mm-hmm. really really well. All right. So, uh so we uh, pick out three of our and this was tough. We both talked about how this was tough. We pick out three of our favorite parts of the movie to discuss. Uh, don't uh, share them beforehand. Right. Did you want to go first since you talked beer first? Sure. Okay, so. Okay, and, you know, before I get into this, just want to say 
spoiler alert, we will talk about parts of the movie, we will talk about what happens, and we will talk about what we love and don't love about those pieces. Um, however, I don't think you should you know, not listen to the podcast if you haven't seen it yet, mm-hmm. because I don't think we're going to do anything to make watching the movie any less fun. Yes. So. I can't imagine you not. Yeah. Um, so I have three things. Uh, it was really hard to whittle them down to three. So I may sneak in, you know, three and a half mm-hmm. or three and three quarters. And they are in no particular order. But I will say that one of the things that I really liked was the Doctor Strange cameo. Oh, yes. Um, it's this, It it's not very long in the movie. It's maybe, the whole sequence is maybe, I don't know, five to seven minutes of the movie. And it's just hilarious. It definitely highlights the fact that like two years have gone by since the last Thor movie, you know. And so, or in, in that timeline, mm-hmm. because Thor is supposed to have been off world and he doesn't, you know, his dad has been on Earth this whole time. And you can even just tell, like, Doctor Strange is now more comfortable with his craft. Yep. He is way more confident, and he's, de- you know, he is Doctor Strange. He like, is the Sorcerer Supreme. Yes, he was becoming that at the end of his movie, like, mm-hmm. but now you can see that's who he is, which sets it up really nicely for um, Infinity Wars, because he'll be in there, and this time you'll get to see him more confident. You know, in his in what who he is and what he's doing. So I just thought it was great his magic that he does, like how he like pulls Loki um, away, and that he's just been falling oh, for the yeah. entire <laughs> time that they're doing. That joke that was really good. Thor and <laughs> and uh, Doctor Strange are doing their like interactions in their study, and he just lands on the ground. He's like, I've been falling for thirty minutes, and it's so good. It's just, yeah. it's hilarious. Um, so it ties nicely to the post credit scene from at Doctor the end Strange, of yeah. Doctor Strange. And uh, it just, I thought it was just this lovely little moment in the movie to see another um, Marvel character tie in really well. And, um, and just to kind of talk about their experiences on Earth, that their presence does not go unnoticed yeah. on Earth, which in previous movies, it's kind of like, well, what is everybody else doing while these major world events are happening? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Spider-Man Homecoming, all this stuff is going down and like nobody else shows up to deal with it. Um, so it, it, it kind of was nice to be like, oh yeah, they, they're aware when Loki and Thor hit the ground. Yeah, and they even show up in disguise. Right. You know, <laughs> even the hammer Mjolnir is in disguise, which is a neat little nod to, to comic stuff. Um, you know, but but it doesn't buy, but it doesn't go past um, the Sorcerer Supreme of Earth, right. which is like which is great because not only is, which makes sense. So they they do a good job in the beginning of tying into the universe, the larger Marvel universe, mm-hmm. and without it seeming really like, like shoehorned in. I right, thought. and I just love that he you can even feel like when he drops the umbrella because he's like oh you can put your umbrella down you can hear the the, the thunk thunk yeah that Mjolnir always makes and then when he, Doctor Strange says well don't forget your umbrella and he just reaches out his hand and you can hear um yeah, it's Mjolnir like just crashing through the mansion on its way to him um it is just it's so good and so fun so that was my number one what okay. about you Okay, so we talked a little bit about what the movie looked like, a lot of the imagery. 
and especially when we get to the planet Sakaar. Um, all the crazy costumage and like set decor, like in the background, all of that stuff is just a really big love letter to or uh, a comic artist legend, Jack Kirby, mm-hmm. the King Jack Kirby. A lot of that stuff, um, you, you see a lot of this little like um, kind of zigzaggy lines that end with a like open face circle or a light circle, and that's just that is classic Kirby. Some people used to call it Kirby Crackle. Oh. It was in everything. <laughs> And just a lot of that design stuff in the background on Sakaar, which is just so colorful and so eye-popping. A lot of that is just, that's Jack Kirby jumping off the comic book page and onto a screen, which is great. I loved all that. Uh, particularly the Grandmaster's Tower. You see the outside of it a couple of times, and you see these four big faces, like monolith faces coming out of the tower, which is another big Kirby. You loved that, doing that back in the day. And... I thought that one of the faces was the Hulk. Yes. Uh, but according to IMDb, it's not. Um, according to IMDb, the faces coming out of the tower, one of them was uh, Ares, the god of war. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man-Thing, which I would have totally thought I would have noticed, but didn't. Um, an android monster called the Bi-Beast, which is something I'm not even uh, familiar with. But the one that I did absolutely notice, and I whispered something to you about it in the theater, one of them, the faces was uh, an alien known as Beta Ray Bill, mm-hmm. which is a beloved character, one of the more well-known little storylines from Thor's comics, uh, the Ballad of Beta Ray Bill. It's been hypothesized that he's going to show up in the movies eventually. Some people thought he was in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, um, you know, in the Collector's Menagerie, but the, oh. but that was but he wasn't. Okay. But yeah, but Beta Ray Bill seeing all that stuff, the Beta Ray Bill, which I'm sure is going to make be a fun little thing for any comic nerd out there, and just how everything looked, especially on Sakaar, uh, was just a comic nerd candy. So that's my first thing I want to say that I really loved. Okay. Um, I really loved, for my second thing, I loved the inner interplay between Thor and Hulk. And Thor and Banner. Um, just watching, um, you know, first of all, in this movie, Thor is humorous. Uh, Chris Hemsworth is quite the comedian. He's got great comedic timing. Oh, yeah. And um, what I found most interesting, I'm going to just insert one of my, one of the facts I learned about it, was mm. that like 80% of the lines in this movie were improvised. I saw that, yeah. To allow for a more relaxed feel and interaction. And I think that knowing that it highlights um, Hemsworth, his comedic talent, even more. Because now you're really talking about um, them really having to develop that timing and that playoff of each other. If, if the lines are impro- improvised, you don't really know what's going to come out of the other person's mouth. So you just have to go with it. And he does a great job. And that interplay between... You know, Thor being so excited to see Hulk and talking to Hulk and being like, but you're my favorite. Of course I love Hulk. Like, no, like, I prefer Hulk over Banner. Of course I do. And he's just like, you know, becoming buddy-buddy with Hulk. And, uh-huh. and then later when he's got Banner, he's like, of course I've missed you, Banner. You're my favorite. I don't like the Hulk. You know, like, I mean, it's just this great, like, wooing of each side yeah. of the Banner-Hulk persona. Um and so it's just, it's really, really, really good. 
Um, and I think that it, it plays nicely into you can kind of see even the Hulk banner growth too. Cause like Hulk has, it definitely talks. Yeah. Complete sentences. Um, complete I, sentences. I was wondering how that was going to work, but it works fine. Right. And, and I felt like it really kind of helped evolve like the fact that like, oh, so time has passed, but because he's only been the Hulk, he's mm-hmm. been forced to evolve like yeah. beyond just rage monster. Um, because he has not let banner come out. And so he's just, he's, he's been forced to communicate better. And so he does a great job. He's still very much, you know, a giant angry child. Yep. Um, and then Banner does a, you know, a, Mark Ruffalo is one of my favorite actors. And I love that he does this great job of just being like, what the hell has happened? Like, what do you mean time has passed? Where am I? Yeah. What's going on? Two Why? years. <laughs> yeah. Two years. He has been the Hulk for two solid years. Right. And so just having this... Like, he's completely bewildered. He has no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Thor's like, uh-huh, yeah, so lots of lots of things have happened. I really need you just to help me. You know, like, and he's trying to woo him and move him forward. And then um, just this moment that I love is all of a sudden, as they're trying to talk about how they're going to get out, you know, the giant wormhole, um, all of a sudden Thor and Banner have this very scientific discussion about how wormholes work and right. the interact, like what kind of ship do they need in order to get through the wormhole? And it also just showed a different side of Thor since he's always just been about like, I'm going to smash things and yeah, just hit everything and it makes it better, which right. is very much in line with Hulk. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he shows this very sophisticated side of him, of himself with Banner. And they just have this great interplay about like, Sciencey stuff, which makes sense because Asgardians are really an advanced alien species, right? Right. They don't really have like their a lot of their stuff isn't really magic based. It's just advanced alien technology is how it's they make it work, right? The and this is the first time that you really actually see um, Thor have any understanding of any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it was just great. I loved watching that interaction. Because it was both fun to see Thor interact with the Hulk and then him interact with Banner. And I love just at the end where he's like, Hulk, like for the first time, just stop smashing things. Like, don't smash. Right. <laughs> you know? That was funny. That was good. So it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. And you talked about like the, how they improv so much of it. Um, I saw an interview with Taika Watiti where he talked about why he wants to do that. It's like when you're making a movie, a movie gets written and some the screenwriter writes a you know, a joke in this scene, right? And, oh, this is the joke of this scene. And then it's two years later, you know, when you actually get around to making that. And that's the joke that was written two years ago. And if you're going to be inflexible, you know, maybe that joke, you know, doesn't work anymore for whatever reason. Time's passed. It's based off of something. So it was really interesting, his thoughts about why he cho- why they wanted to improvise so much. And I'm pretty sure he does it. The, the one movie I've seen of his, that's all it was. Clearly, mm-hmm. it was improvisation. And, uh, and did you see the thing about um, the one line about he's a friend from work? Right. I can believe that. How open they were to new ideas. They got that line. And it was in the trailer, so everyone's seen it. They got it from a kid who was on set from the Wake and Make-A-Wish Foundation. Right. And they got into the movie. That, How exciting that was so cool. for that kid. But I just also thought, like, it's such a great line. Like, they... Um, you know, he's like, yes, we know each other. Even though the last time they were together, like uh-huh. Hulk just flat out like punched Thor, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Just the thought that the, the Avengers is just a job, you know? Right. It's just, you know, 
That's that. That was pretty funny. So that was my number two. I loved that interaction. Okay, well, we've talked a lot about uh, how funny the movie is, and out of all those funny bits, one of them more surprising and pleasing to me, even though he's not in it a ton, is an alien called Korg. Yes, made of rocks. Big, made of rocks, played by the director himself, Taika Waititi, mm-hmm. at least voices him. I don't know if he did, like, put on a motion capture shoot and did that too, but it's his voice, and he is, just every time he spoke, cracked me up. Oh, yeah. Just, <laughs> Uh, Taika said that he based Korg on Polynesian bouncers mm-hmm. that he knows. Uh, Taika is from New Zealand, um, and it's just it's just something different, especially from the voice than you would expect from an eno- an enormous rock man. Right. You know, is the the tone of his voice, how he speaks, and how funny and light he is is just it was just so funny. I mean, every time he had something to say, it cracked me up. Oh yeah. And so I. If you're going to go see this and you haven't... If you listen to this before you see the movie, look forward to Korg because he is great. He really is. Really great. And I just loved the interplay too because of that, you know, that lighthearted piece. Mm-hmm. You know, here's this big, literally like creature made of rock. And you would expect often, you know, whenever they have big bulky characters, they always give them this super deep voice. Mm-hmm. And here he's got like this light voice and he's speaking yeah. in an exit. And it's just so funny because it really does have that kind of lighthearted like he's you know mm-hmm. a gladiator and he's totally cool with it and like whatever yeah yeah it's, <laughs> but he also wants to start a, 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 rebel- a rebellion you know, yeah a revolution would, would, you, would you be up for that would you <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just, i can't do the voice to justice but it's it's great it's it great. is really good um so my number three mm-hmm. is is just the humor that's that's just permeates this movie it's so good and it balances it with this great these very poignant moments too but like just so much humor in terms of you know the yes we know each other from work Mm -hmm. um line to uh loki being visibly uncomfortable with the fact that it's hulk that is his like prize gladiator that was so good that they made that a a point to show that just like the body language of loki as he's like oh crap and you can't tell like is he nervous because he, if the Hulk sees him, he's going to like beat him up again? Is he nervous that the Hulk is going to like kill his brother? Is he nervous that the his brother and him are, they're just going to turn around and both go after Loki? Or is he just nervous about all of it at once because he knows there's no way that's going to end up well for him? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's a moment where Hulk grabs Thor by the leg and, and does the same smashing that he does in the original Avengers. Yeah. And Loki jumps up and is like, yes, that's what that feels like. Now you know, you know. Yeah. I, <laughs> I took the Loki thing as like almost like PTSD. You know? Oh, really? Like, yeah. you know, he was just reliving. So that's really great that they kind of, re- if you've seen a lot of the other Marvel movies, they reward you with mm-hmm. little things like that. Right. You know. So I thought that was really good. I thought... Um, you know, Hela, who is played by Kate Blanchett, who's phenomenal. Um, she, you know, she does this big introduction to the Asgard army. And she's like, this, I am Hela. I'm the firstborn. And this wonderful introduction. And then um, Hogan just totally, like, ruins it. And he's like, whoever you are, like, you just give up now. And she's like whoever I am, did you not just hear me? Like, I mean, it's uh-huh. this best, like, kind of, like, pause of, like, here she's got this grand 
speech. And then she's just so exasperated that he's like clearly not listening to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really good. I loved um, Carl Urban uh, as yeah. Scourge is hilarious. And I love that he um, wants to introduce, you know, as he's flirting with the ladies, Des and it's- Troy so that then he can destroy right and he got those guns from texas which was just a great line and i couldn't stop laughing um so as much as i love all of that humor i love that it's balanced with these poignant moments of like loki and thor when they find their dad when they find odin Mm -hmm. you know like that's just such a kind of like moment of of like real introspection introspection and emotion right after you've had this like silly moment with Doctor Strange. And then um when you see Loki and Thor escape and they just have this moment where, you know, Loki thinks that they're gonna banter in the same way that they always have and like they're just gonna fight some more and, and mm-hmm. instead Thor like just doesn't want to fight with them anymore. And he's like, well, I always, of course I always wanted to fight with you. I thought you and I were fighting against the world. That's not what you want. Yeah. I'm just going to stop arguing with you. I'm going to stop trying right. to make you something Why? you're not. I'm not going to be surprised if you're going to betray me for the thousandth time. I know. Just, you know, get ahead of that. And yeah. And I love that, you know, because in the first couple of movies and even in the Avengers, that's like an ongoing joke that Thor continually falls for the same thing. For the same thing with Loki. And this time, like, you know, he throws rocks at Loki all the time because good. he thinks that he's a projection yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he's prepared for Loki's inevitable betrayal and, like, you know, does the zappy thing on him and is just like, I'm just going to accept you for who you are and I'm just going to stop asking you to be better. Yeah. You know, because... and do better because you clearly don't want me to. And yet, ironically, that's what causes Loki to be like, wait. I'm going to be better now <laughs> is the realization that he's just, you know, his brother's finally like, okay, fine. Yeah. I'm not going to try and train you anymore. Um, and then you've got like the Valkyrie's deaths, which is actually very poignant to what, I mean, scenery wise. Oh my gosh. Every scene out of that is a comic book page mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but it's great. So I just really loved the humor paused with these poignant moments of conversation and i like it okay so my i had trouble uh when i trying to decide on my last thing you know you already talked about how kate blanchett you know she looked super cool fantastic as uh tessa thompson as valkyrie was a lot of fun mm-hmm. she was really great uh she really sold out for that role i guess she added put on like 15 pounds of muscle yeah you know to do that good um and what I ended up, uh, the use of Led Zeppelin in this movie is pretty mm. great. Um, the lightning effect, you know, that they gave Thor at the end. When he finally embraces dope. being the god of thunder. Ah, yeah. oh, brilliant. But what I went with is when it's over, when this movie is over, it really changes things in the whole cinematic universe mm-hmm. as a whole. Yes. Because that really doesn't have. Usually once these movies are over, things are kind of reset back to you know, status quo for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But not in this movie. Nope. I mean... Asgard is gone. Spoiler alert, yeah. They destroy Asgard. It is no more. Uh, Thor is pirate Thor because he's got an eye patch. Yeah. Um, He's the king of of the Asgardians now. But which also makes him responsible for all these Asgardian refugees. Mm -hmm. You know, 
all, all of Asgard is on a big spaceship floating around in space. They're apparently going to go to Earth now. Um, that's a big that's a big change. Right. A big setting in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is no more. What do you do with all these people? You know, what's that mean for Thor? Because he can't just you know leave. Can't just go off and do whatever on Earth anymore because he has now this massive responsibility right. of all these people who are refugees now and counting on him. Um, and you know they kill off some people. I know one of their biggest criticisms is like people don't die, but this time they apparently boom. do. Yes. <laughs> um, they some little things that they made sure. So like uh, when Hela gets to Asgard and she's going through Odin's like chamber of treasures or whatever. One of the things that people, nitpicky things people have had about Marvel is the Infinity Gauntlet. Because it's right. been seen two different times. In the first Thor movie, you see it in the background in on Asgard. And then in the after credit sequence of Age of Ultron, you see that Thanos has an Infinity Gauntlet. So it's like, well, how did he get that? And they fix it in this super awesome. Hela walks up to the Infinity Gauntlet on Asgard and just knocks it over and goes, Fake! It's a fake! <laughs> it's like, oh, well, that was easy. That's an right. easy fix. Uh, she said a lot of things in here fake, um, and also uh, Loki is by himself in that chamber at the end of the movie, and they make a point of him passing by the cosmic cube, the Tesseract, and he stops and looks at it. They make a point of showing that, and then so you know he has so it. So he's got to have it. You know he has it. Right. Has to have it. What's that mean? How's mm-hmm. that going to come into play later? Uh, Kevin Feige has said that this movie really does a lot in setting up whatever is going to happen in Infinity War. Right. So that's one of my favorite things, really, is that once this movie is over, shit is changed. Things are definitely different. They didn't just go back to the old status quo. Right. Well, and they almost set you up with that because you've got Surtur over there, like, destroying everything around Asgard. Like, And, of course, he's just gleefully being like, Asgard, I'm destroying you. Ha, 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 ha. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you've got Korg earlier going, oh, wow, you know, it's okay, though. We can rebuild. It'll be great. And then you see, like, the whole thing explode. And he's like, oh. oh. Nope. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> and And... So you have that setup moment where you're like, oh, it's going to be like every other Marvel movie. Like, oh, we will rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um, and then no, we no. just destroy. It nope. gets destroyed. <laughs> All right. Well, that's three uh, our favorite stuffs. Uh, now we spend a little time after that with anything we maybe didn't like so much. Um. Well, yes, there are a couple of things in this movie that I mm-hmm. just kind of was like, are you really... You know, so Loki has been playing Odin for two years. And when we get there, you know, he's he's clearly not a very good king. Mm-hmm. You know, he's lazy. He's in his robes. He's watching a play of himself Be- with right. a great Matt Damon cameo, which is hilarious. And, um, and nobody notices. Not one single Asgardian other than Heimdall is at all curious or at all skeptical of this change in like massive change in behavior of odin Mm -hmm. and i just kind of go really so thor and his you know he's got his you know little merry band of of of, uh warriors Warriors that he yeah, yeah the warriors three none of them notice anything nobody thinks to be like wow We've had like a massive personality change in our king. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's just like fine with it. So I just like that was a little like, eh, 
Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. One of mine was at the very beginning, even though it's a fun scene where they show Thor is in change, he's captured by Surtur. Yeah. They don't, they really gloss over how he got there, mm-hmm. why he's there, which kind of sucks because that ends up being, they end up needing Surtur at the end. And so why Surtur's a, a able to be used the way he is at the end is because of this very kind of loosely put together setup at the beginning you know i wish they would have come up with a more solid plot point reason as to why he's there other than just oh i was searching the universe and noticed a lot of destruction and it led me here and that's really all it said i see and i thought differently about that scene because i thought because he's being very clear like i'm having dreams of Ragnarok of the end of Asgard Mm. and there's fire and there's flame in all of this hello fire monster you know who's also saying you're going to destroy Asgard like I'm you know like I I thought I felt like he was very much trying to stop you know Ragnarok and that that's why he was there I thought that was good Uh, another thing uh, this is this is just a comic uh issues with me so i mean the stuff on sakara we already talked about how much we really liked it they borrowed that from a storyline called planet hulk mm-hmm. um and which is very different um in the comics and so that means that there will never be a planet hulk movie the planet hulk storyline goes right into another favorite storyline of mine in the comics called world war hulk which i think would be awesome badass movie so that probably means that world war hulk will never happen i mean i suppose they could come up with another reason to make that uh work but but then there's like rights issues with the Hulk character with them and universal the odds of there being a solo hulk movie anytime soon or or aren't good to begin with but you know that they i mean that stuff ended up being cool but there are other parts of planet hulk which are that got left aside which Mm -hmm. are also really cool things for the whole character that are probably never see the screen now. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I think the only other thing that, and, and again, this is, this is a little nitpicky about the movie because I do really, really like it. And I super excited to see it again and mm-hmm. eventually on that Blu-ray and all that good stuff. But I think it's that every moment, every moment of like potential good Sorry, we got distracted. Our Enormous very lazy and tired giant Great Dane is climbing out of her chair. And then now she's back in her chair and she's going to pass out again. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so what I was saying is every moment where like the hero is about to do something really cool, like it's it there's the fizzle or there's the like it doesn't come out as planned moment. Mm-hmm. And when that happens occasionally, it's a really great comedic moment. But it happens almost every time. Oh wait, sorry, sorry. The dog was not quite, quite ready to be settled. Yeah. Um, and yes, if you did not know, um, we do have an entire chair in our living room that just belongs to the dog. Um, you might think she's spoiled, but in fact, it saves the rest of our furniture from her destructive yes. abilities. So, um, but anyway, so I just thought like. That piece is a little disappointing to me. You yeah, know? they might have overused Here's that. Here's Thor, and he's um, like, oh, Heimdall's going to get me. Oh, no, he's not. 
Yeah. And that's actually really funny and it sets that part up. But then a little bit later, he's about to call the lightning and it sparks. Yeah. And then a little bit later, you know, like every time there's a major kind of setup, it kind of fizzles out. You know, right. like there's always like, oh, and it doesn't work. Or, you know, Banner's going to go become the Hulk and then doesn't. Oh. I have a question I want to ask you about that once right. you're done with this. And my only problem, my, like, and for that one, the reason that one doesn't play so well is because that one was already done in the previous Hulk movie. That's in true. the previous Indeed. Hulk movie, Edward Norton jumps out of the helicopter and he's planning on changing and he doesn't. And it's the only time there's an almost swear word as he's about to go, oh shit. And all you get is the shh as he hits the ground. Um, and then Hulk appears. So... Mm-hmm. The fact that they did it again just was a it just was silly and it didn't I think sometimes it's okay if for him to jump out and for the Hulk to land and you to be like, Yes, you know, not everything has to be the let down and then come back. Let down and then come back. Like every once in a while it's okay just to have a super cool moment. Yeah. You know? So that was a little disappointing, but again, it's still so cleverly done overall in the like the whole movie is clever so you can overlook those pieces yeah so i mean that scene from the incredible hulk with edward norton you know he jumps out of that helicopter and then he actually punches a hole through a street right so which leads me to believe he was he was actually changing into the hulk because there's no way human edward norton punches a hole through the street when he hits it yeah um in this though um mark ruffalo jumps out of a spaceship and thinking he'll turn into the Hulk. And then they show him smash into the rainbow bit. He is dead. He looks dead to me. He looks like his limbs are broken and a jumbled <laughs> mass. And then eventually, and then later, like the Hulk appears. Right. But it literally, when, I mean, I can't wait to see that part again when we go see it again. But he looks dead. So what if Bruce Banner is now actually dead? Like if, what if the Hulk were to go back and turn into Bruce Banner and he just like, Collapse into a sack of rags because Bruce Banner is no longer alive. No, that's not. No, that doesn't work because it's like the time he says that in the first Avengers, he oh, talks he about like I put a bullet into my mouth and the other guy spit, spit it, it out. out. Like they are reciprocal. Like if one is alive, the other is alive. Hmm. So okay. because the, it's like yeah, I don't. That part is. I I figured he just like he did. He hurt himself really bad and like knocked himself out. I didn't think he was dead. So, um, I, I don't know. Anything else? Um, I don't think so. Oh, the other thing, one, another thing that they changed. I forgot this part. One of my last things about what they changed. They changed the history and mythology of Asgard. Oh, they re- that's yes. A, that ended up being a big deal. What you thought you knew about the history of Asgard and Odin was all bullshit. Right. That Odin had been lying to everybody for years. Right. And it was all covered up you can see like there's a covered up literally with a mural right and so i felt that that was pretty interesting mm-hmm. as well yeah real interesting like destruction of odin's legacy there mm-hmm. of who he was that he had been very much um a conqueror and a destroyer of worlds um with hella at his side yeah and then then kind of has a moment where he's like, ah, wait a minute. And that's when he, you know, casts Hela down. And, right. Um, but yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, we haven't talked much about her, but I just have to say, 
for the first female villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett does a kick-ass job. Her costume is great. She, she looks so cool. Was great, and just kind of her competence. Her, you know, like mm-hmm. she is the goddess of death, and she is not like she knows who she is. She owns that altogether. Um, she does a great, great job. Mm. And her, the the final battle scene right before they start fighting when Thor is sitting in the throne and he's just calling her to him. Yeah. And then they like, argue. The staff. Yeah. yeah. And they have like that conversation. It's a very serious moment for Thor. Like he's had to like come to grips with who his dad really, really was. Really was. And, uh, and then he's much more sober and somber mm-hmm. about like the seriousness of what he has to do yeah. like he's got to fight and beat his sister yeah and i like that because i love you know um anthony hopkins and he's oh, been yeah. played a pretty benevolent odin through the, these movies odin in the comics is a bit of a bastard oh yeah and so i like that they actually give him a little bit of that in mm-hmm. his history and also gave me a little fingers crossed hope with this reveal of this big lie that there's something else so a change they made in the comics recently is that they talk about there being the nine realms. Mm-hmm. But there's actually a tenth realm that Odin somehow banished. And it's the realm of the angels. Where Angela which, is where from. Where Angela is from. And to be able to introduce is a favorite character. She used to belong to a different publisher. That's a whole other story. Um, but Angela is now part of the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. in the comics. And if they were to introduce Angela... That would be pretty dope. Because she hangs out with the Guardians for a while, too. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like it would be out of the realm of possibility for yeah. her to show up. Um, so, yeah. So, that would be pretty good. I wouldn't mind that either. Yeah. So, um, any cool facts or anything like that that you wanted to share? Uh, everything I really wanted to share I already mentioned mm-hmm. earlier on. So, uh, I don't think so. Well, I already mentioned about the 80% of, of dialogue being improvised, yep. mm-hmm. but I had two other things that I thought was were super interesting and I did not know. Okay. Um, the first is uh, you had mentioned how, you know, Led Zeppelin's is, immigrant, is, song. immigrant Song is featured in here. Um, well, that was kind of a big deal because Led Zeppelin does not license oh. their songs out to movies ever. Like there's only like... A handful, less than five movies out there mm-hmm. that really you have Led Zeppelin is given licensing rights to. So that's pretty cool. I just thought because yeah. it, that song is perfect for this movie. Yeah. Um, so I just thought that was an interesting piece because once I started thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, you never hear Led Zeppelin in a movie. No, I've never really thought about that, but I can't think so, of any. Yeah. Um, but then the other thing was. Um, up until this movie, the Hulk, whatever banner is like the Hulk, he has been voiced by Lou Ferrigno. Oh, I saw that too. Yeah. Until this movie though. Yeah. Until this movie and this movie, he's finally voiced by Mark Ruffalo. And for me, I just thought that was super fascinating because I had to pause for a minute and think back to previous Hulk movies and be like, wow. I can hear it now. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also pretty cool. Like that kind of consistent homage to the movies and TV shows that have come before um, has just been really awesome in Marvel. Like they, mm-hmm. they don't just kind of ignore those things or they don't um, poo poo them. Like yeah. there's definitely um, a strong sentiment of like, these 
are the TV shows and movies that paved the way for the Marvel Cinematic Universe to exist. Yeah. And so there's just these little threads throughout that I'm consistently amazed that we find. And this is one of them. So I thought that was very, very cool that they had, you know, continued to utilize Lou Ferrigno's talents with the Hulk. Yeah. One thing I just just did just think of... um, so you mentioned that Matt Damon's in this yes. cameo. And <laughs> As there's Luke. a couple other actors that cameo in that same scene, one of them being Sam Neill. Mm-hmm. This is the first movie that Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum have been in together since Jurassic Park. I know. That's awesome. That is pretty neat. I mean, yeah. they don't share a scene together at all, but the, they're in it together and it's been that long. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. So I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, I just loved that whole scene where you've got Matt Damon playing mm-hmm. playing Loki. you know in a recreation of the previous movie Loki's death scene you've got Sam Neill as Odin and then you have Chris Hemsworth's brother little brother playing playing him playing fake Thor in the play it's hilarious it's pretty good so it just Marvel is their shows have been remarkably clever and this was like those kind of that kind of attention to detail and how funny those things are. Because mm-hmm. as far as I can tell, Matt Damon is like uncredited in this movie, um, essentially. So he just came and did that for fun because yeah. he's hilarious. And and I, I like my, Matt Damon. I don't know that I want to see him as a superhero in like a Marvel movie or anything. So oh that, no! So now that they've burned him, they've used him in this instance. You know, now they're like, there's there's no way that'll happen now. So, right. So that so I'm happy about that. <laughs> okay. okay so anything else for thor ragnarok oh there's so much more for thor ragnarok like we haven't even really even gotten truly into um jeff goldblum as the grandmaster he's yeah, hilarious barely talked about him barely talked about how great he is we touched on tessa thompson's character as mm-hmm. as the valkyrie but like did not get too much into her character her first introduction her introductory scene is hilarious because she's just totally drunk and then she like falls mm-hmm. over uh, you know um and yeah there's so much about this movie that it is hilarious that we haven't even gotten to we haven't even yeah. talked about idris elba yeah he was good uh oh bummer that uh, sif uh the character sif played by jamie alexander is not in it due to right. scheduling conflicts because she's being wasted on a tv show it sucks that's <laughs> But I'm yeah. glad that she's still alive. Right. I mean, they didn't have a chance to kill her off like they did some other people. Everybody else. Yeah. So, so. anyway, um, so next week, let's talk about next week because we have two weekends until Justice League. I know. So next week, I don't know if there's any movie coming out that I'd really... There is. What's that? There's the murder on the Orient Express. Oh, is that next week? Okay. So. All right. So as I was going to, like, through gritted teeth, ask if you wanted to, in, like, advance a Justice League, watch Batman versus Superman. I don't really think we have to do that again, oh, quite thank, frankly. Thank God. Um, I mean, unless we're going to watch the Wonder Woman scene, like, the final... We can watch the final fight scene from the moment that, like, Wonder Woman comes on site mm-hmm. to the moment Superman makes the really stupid decision that he's the only person who can take oh. the stick of See, death and this is what was going to happen if we did batman versus superman this is a whole we would disappear down right right exactly so i feel like there's that brilliant fight scene there um and then and then 
like yeah the rest of the movie i feel like we would we would be in a long dark place about right. that movie so no i don't want to do that i think we should go see murder on the orient express okay Maybe good all right well i think we'll i'm sold on that then excellent <laughs> maybe we'll do a batman versus superman hate cast <laughs> it'll be the exact opposite uh, of every other movie that yeah. we have yeah so the three things you hated most about this movie and yes. then we'll touch on the cool bits later exactly yeah. okay so next week murder on the orient express that'll be fun i'll look forward to that Okay, so thanks for listening. Um, as always, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Podcast Republic on an uh, Android device. Feel free to leave a comment on SoundCloud or even on iTunes or even give us a rating or a review on either of those things. Yeah, it would I don't be think awesome. anybody has before. If you want to send us a message, suggest a movie to do or a beer to try, you can email us at ddkpodcasting at gmail.com. That sounds great. And next week go see a movie thanks everybody